Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. Today's episode is going to focus in on what I've come to call granular breakthrough. It is inch by inch, day by day, month by month. We're going in with God, and it is time that we war in wisdom and with great sharpness and effectiveness. Listen in today for the purposes for why we war and some of the processing that God needs to do in us to get us ready. Take a listen. I hope it helps you go deeper and farther in your process with God. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. I am so glad that we are together again today. Let's hop right in. What do you say? Because I am in the uh, about the eighth day of a of a focused prayer um, time that God has led me into. I began to have such a strong sense uh, a few days ago that we were literally on the precipice of breakthrough. Now I'm not saying that it's the breakthrough of all breakthroughs and that it's going to be public and so you know cataclysmic that everybody's going to be able to see it. But I'm talking about a very uh, strong breakthrough within us personally that flows then into our generations, into our children, whether they be young, you know, young adults, whatever age they may be. In our finances, wow, am I believing for financial breakthroughs, budget breakthroughs for pastors and for families, for churches for the resources to be able to do, not be busy, you know, not just so that we can have pretty things, but I'm talking about resources and finances to be able to actually do what is going to advance the kingdom of God inside of people, in their deep, in their, in their spirits and in their hearts. And then in geographical locations where God is pitching the tent of his presence, did I already say welcome to tent? talk. He is pitching the tent of his presence. And uh, so I'm believing for the kind of breakthrough that's, that's a word that I've been thinking a lot about lately that is granular. You know, if you think of this, the grains of sand that flow through an hourglass, grains of sugar, it is granular breakthrough and it is inch by inch, hour by hour, day by day, as we move forward in very specific obedience and prayer to the Lord. So because this is what God has me in, uh, and I have shared some of it with the partners of Nancy McCready Ministries, and I decided, you know what, this is where I'm at. This is what I can talk about with great intensity and focus and passion. And so that's what I'm going to share on on the Tent Talk podcast uh, this week. So I am pretty much in a focused prayer about everything that God is bringing across my heart and mind at this time because we are taking the fight to the enemy. We are on the offense. We are on attack. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm focused on the enemy. 
and I'm all demon conscious and, you know, all of that. No, taking the fight to the enemy means that we quietly proceed on and demons fall to the left and to the right as we stay focused, as we set our eyes upon Jesus, as we allow him to develop his life within us, as we stay on the path of his way of life and that we are going to fellowship with him in his sufferings. That means that we've got to stop focusing as much on the sufferings and focus more on the powerful invitation to fellowship with him in those sufferings, to fellowship with him when we choose to endure and that we would rather suffer and endure rather than fail to please God. This is what it says about Jesus when it speaks of him, and I believe it's in Second Peter 4, 1. I'm just throwing that out there off the top of my head, so I hope I have this scripture reference correct when it talks about having the mind to suffer. This is a, a component of the mind of Christ that must be developed in us. We don't have this naturally. All right. This isn't the same way that you may have endured abuse or endured difficult times and you just hunkered down in your human will and then you came out stronger in self. All right. On the other side of it, I'm talking about this aspect of the mind of Christ that is having the mind to suffer, to to go forward to despise and ignore shame. I love this. I love the strategies of Jesus and his life. All right, so this is a little bit of the aspect, and I'm just lightly touching on this today because we are taking the fight to the enemy. He has squatted long enough on blood-bought territory, blood-bought lives, uh, assignments, um, and so let me just hop in again because you can tell how focused and intense I am maybe. But here are three key things that I am being reminded of. Now, this isn't some all-inclusive list. This is just a few things that I'm being reminded of in these days of focused prayer uh, to the Lord. Number one, war is to usher in peace by the establishment of a new government via the overthrow of the old government. Now, I'm going to mention these three, and then I'll elaborate just a bit. Number two, war is when two entities, persons, countries, etc. want the same thing and are willing to do whatever is necessary to obtain it. Number three, war must be fought from the place of victory, of a, of a deep conviction of being on the righteous side of the Lord. So war must be fought from the place of victory and for the purpose of of triumph. So we are not those who war just for the sake of tearing up things and causing chaos and destruction. War is usually necessary because chaos is already making a total nuisance of itself in an attempt to gain greater control and domination. Whenever the enemy is is beginning the ground swell of of his, you know, kill still and destroy uh, strategy is he is going to create confusion, all this confusion about identity, confusion about your gender, confusion about all these many things that once were very clear within culture 
the enemy creates confusion. Therefore, that brings on strife. All right. And then that begins to bring on because he wants to bring a great upheaval. All right. Two things, you know, because the word says, do not move the ancient boundary lines. And I remember years ago, God speaking to me. It was on the on the night of a particular presidential um, election uh, many years ago. And God told me, he said, Nancy, uh, embrace when man made boundaries are destroyed but do not ever touch the ancient boundary lines that I set. When man-made barriers by race or gender or socioeconomic, when those barriers are brought down, that is a reason to celebrate. Um, But if that also means that then you're going to literally, this is what God showed me, like you're going to reach out and grab an ancient boundary line, meaning something that God drew, whether that's marriage between man and a woman, whatever that may be, okay? That's just one example. And you reach out and decide you can move that boundary. Man decides he can just move that boundary just because he wants to, okay? Just because he's decided in his knowledge of good and evil that he knows better and he's going to move that. Now, the saddest part is when the church starts to cooperate with that, all right? But anyway, that's another podcast. So so God told me, he said, Nancy, do not move ancient boundary lines. You see, we're here to go in and to be those who fight from a place of victory, but it's always for the purpose of triumph, which means to gather up the spoils of the already won victory. And so the enemy loves to come in, though, and just start wreaking havoc. I mean, they start moving uh, boundary lines like ropes that you can just, you know, move any place you want to. And we don't realize that deep down underneath there is a, a earthquake, all right, off the shore that tectonic plates are moving and everybody on the shore is like, oh, everything's great. This isn't causing a problem. This is all wonderful. Well, that's because the earthquake is happening off the shore, all right, deep underneath, but eventually, because of us moving, you know, God-ordained boundaries, okay, there is a tsunami that is coming, okay, from far off in the distance, and it wants to wreak complete and total devastation and destruction upon our lives. But God, all right, God is working deep within us. Another thing that evil loves to do is to float out weather balloons. Now, this can happen in society and culture, but it can also happen in just a simple conversation uh, between two people when the enemy will float out a weather balloon to check your temperature and your tolerance level. Hell loves to check out the temperature and tolerance levels of the troops. And... um, Because he never comes and does in full force what he wants to do right at the beginning. He just starts to stick his toe in the water. And when he finds us in our personal private lives or in the church where we have a low-grade fever of indifference or collusion uh, towards the enemy, then he knows, oh man, I can just bring this on in because they're just going to roll right over. Or they're tolerating it in their own private life. Or they're not normalizing sin in their own life. Oh, they're deciding that, you know, well, culturally, you know, life has changed and culturally this or that. All right. 
And uh, so, you know, the church needs to just bend and move, you know, with culture and, you know, don't be so antiquated, all of that. And uh, so we have to be those that rise above the fray and we've got to be able to see this and to see this strategy so that we're not outwitted uh, by the enemy. And uh, because, again, the enemy, he's testing the tolerance and the temperature of the troops. So don't forget that. All right. Uh, So don't be found with a low-grade fever of indifference or collusion uh, towards the enemy because there has to be an overthrow of the government of hell, self, sin, and flesh. It can no longer be the ruler within us. Though we be saved, though we be born again, and we are Christians, okay, (laughs) we have to, we have to, are we really living as Christ-like ones? Are we really following the way of Christ? You see, we want to be those who are not tolerating the government of hell. We want to be those through our blood-bought freedom that we freely choose the government of Holy Spirit to rule, possess, and reign within us to the deepest measure possible. And yes, I did say the word possess. All right. I believe, I ask God for this all the time, is Lord, please possess me for your purposes. I know that he's possessed me for he and I to have a love life together privately, that I am to be a full expression of his life and an extension of his authority here on the earth through love and grace and power by the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. But we have to choose this now season by season. And I want to encourage you today. We need to be those, okay, who who pray this season by season. Because if we're not careful, we did it in a particular season, but then we got comfortable and satisfied and we settled down. And, uh, and, and, and how many of you know that if you're not continually moving forward with him, you don't just stay stagnant. You begin to recede. You begin to go backwards. You begin to shrink back. So I want to encourage you to pray again today to choose out of your full freedom, all right, that you would ask Holy Spirit to rule you, to possess you, to to rule and reign inside of you to the deepest measure possible. Because we are sons of God. We are sons to Him. Therefore, we are peacemakers, Matthew 5, 9 says. We are peacemakers. That means that we bring and reconcile back to God that which is His, all right, and that it's brought back together in a way that cannot be broken again. Peace isn't just like everybody's getting along, all right, but I don't have time to get into all that, so you might want to check that out, what this Greek word irene really means, what it means to be making peace, all right, between God and man or between man and God. And uh, because this is a part of what Christ did, it says in Colossians 1, 19 through 23, is that he, we who were formerly hostile to God, now we have been put at peace with him. We've been reconciled to him. We've been made one with him. So we want a war in a way that will really establish and make real in the experiential lives of, of people every day to see the culture and kingdom of God actually demonstrated to see it in its tangible effects upon all aspects of culture and society where people freely choose him that uh, I believe that there is an atmospheric shift of biblical proportions that's getting ready to happen. If we will get up and live privately and live freely uh, under his rule and possession. 
All right, so that's what went with number one, that war is to usher in peace by the establishment of a new government via the overthrow of the old government. And all of that has to be entered into freely. All right, this isn't some kind of, you know, uh, militant mantra. You know, this is about in our hearts and then God being able to move through our hearts as sons. All right, now the second thing, let me just remind you, was that war is when two entities, persons, countries, uh, want the same thing and are willing to do what is what is necessary to obtain it, to do whatever is necessary to obtain it. So you must be confident of this in war, that you are most certainly wanted. God wanted you before the foundations of the world, and he's come for you. He's planned for you. Uh, Genesis 3 at the very end of it says that they guarded the way back to the tree of life. You, you can rest assured and listen to many of my other podcasts if you want to be reminded today of how much you're wanted. But I want to make this statement today when I talk about being wanted and the war that's going on within you is that God and Satan both want you dead, but for completely different reasons. Yes, I said this. Listen carefully. All right. God and Satan both want you dead, but for completely different reasons. And I refer you to the writings of one of my favorite preachers from Iowa, Francis Frangipane, F-R-A-N-G-I-P-A-N-E, Francis Frangipane. And he made the following statement years ago that deeply challenged me in my life. He said this. He said, and you can find this on the Elijah list, prophetic words that go out. It, it was stated years ago. But uh, Francis said, I will never forget the day it dawned on me that both God and the devil wanted me to die, but for different reasons. Satan wanted to destroy me through slander and then drain me with the unceasing activity of explaining my side to people. At the same time, God wanted to crucify that part of me that was easily exploited by the devil in the first place. It was a pivotal day when I realized that this battle was not going to be over until I died to what people said about me. It was probably at this point that I finally and truly became a servant of God. End quote. So this is so powerful that we realize that God wants us to die to those things that torment us and taunt us and keep us living separate from him in our everyday realities because he wants to set you free to him and that his voice will carry the greatest weight in your life that what he says is what you know and then you let him build a confidence between you and him where your confidence in him grows exponentially and so powerfully and then he builds a confidence in you about who he's really made you to be so that none of the threats and the guilt and the intimidations of the enemy will ever be able to stick to your Velcro again. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady. So this is so powerful. I wish I had more time to go into it today, but I don't. All right, but maybe you want to go back and read the whole article that this comes out of from Francis Frangipane. I would highly uh, recommend that because if we don't get set free from the fear of man and get set free from the fear that someone's going to say something bad about us, we're never going to accomplish and get on with what it is that God has for us. So God knows that until we allow him 
to do the deep inner private development of Christ in us as our life, we will never be truly molded into the image of his son and share an inward likeness to Christ. This is what it says in Romans 8:29 in the Amplified Classic. We have got to let our new life be developed and get off of this self-improvement, self-confidence, self-everything and come into Christ as our life and let our new life be developed through discipleship, through the deep dealings of God where we stop avoiding uh, difficulties and we now abide with Him in difficulties. That's what it means to fellowship in His sufferings. Oh, my, my, my. All right, so here we go. I've got to keep myself on track. We want to be those, okay, now as we move into number three, that we war, that war must be fought from the place of victory and for the purpose of, of triumph. Don't just war to war. How many of you get tired just warring? No, we're here with great purpose, okay? And here is that we war to win for the Lamb the rewards of His suffering. Now, this is a motto that's based on Isaiah 53, 11, and 12 in the Amplified Classic. This is the motto of the Moravians back in the 1700s. You might want to look them up too, all right? So we have to be those that war so as to win for him, for the lamb, the rewards of his suffering. Holy Spirit must make it our focus to see to it that Jesus Christ will see the fruit of the travail of his soul and that he will be satisfied. I want to win for him and I want to strongly encourage you to do the same. He has won the victory of everything, of all on the cross, nothing my friends, has been left undone. There is no loophole in our salvation. There is nothing that we are going to have to win uh, today, meaning as far as the initial victory. And therefore, we are not those that just hope and wish, okay, and go limp-wristed and begging into prayer. We go into intercession and to obedience, knowing that we are here to serve the eviction papers, which is the word of God, based on the finished work of the cross. We're here to serve eviction papers to the enemy and all his demonic hordes. We are here to serve eviction papers to say, you have squatted on this land long enough. You have been on my generations. You have been on my family. You've been on my finances. You've been on my life, on my side of the marriage, okay? Because remember, you can't fix a marriage all by yourself. It takes two, okay? But you can deal with your side of all things, okay? And you can begin to serve eviction papers on the enemy. And this is going to take deep works of discipleship, deep works of, of walking through this with God. And uh, so, because with all of this is based upon that God has won everything. He's done everything. And we are here on peacekeeping triumph duty to gather up the spoils of everything that he's already won. This is what it goes on to say in Isaiah 53, 11, and 12. It says that, that he will see the fruit of the travail of his soul and be satisfied, and then he will divide the spoils with the mighty. Now, I don't know how you're feeling today, but no matter how you're feeling, I'm here to say to you that in Christ you are one of the mighty. 
All right, that's you and me, and uh, that is the churches that we represent. That is the church of Jesus Christ. He is dividing the spoils with the mighty. Just find out what your portion is of the triumph and go for it with everything that's within you. Now, I want you to war wisely. Because we cannot be those that get all hyped up in bravado and, you know, you're feeling all warrior-like at one moment. And then, you know, like Elijah, then you've run and hidden from the enemy and you can't even remember your name, okay? We have to be those who take our time and let God walk us into ever-increasing measures of effective and wise war. So we want to be effective and wise warriors. So here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Again, not an all-inclusive list. Just some things that I feel led to encourage you in and to make you aware of if you're going to really war is number one is allow Holy Spirit to overthrow the old in you with your full cooperation right now. Just allow him to deal with whatever's going on with you. I'm doing this right now and these days right now I'm allowing him to deal with certain attitudes um, uh, habits, things, because we're still growing up. My friends, nobody has arrived at the full measure and maturity of Christ. So let's all just humble ourselves and be teachable and let's let him deal with what he's drawing our attention to in this particular season of our life. Don't, don't live in regret that why did it take me so long to deal with this? Just get on with it today. Okay. And, and also, I would say to you, don't let the enemy outwit you by making you feel that you're still at square one. All right? No, you're not at square one. You have a history with God of his victories in your life. You're, you're though, maybe at, at square one of a whole new level. So it always feels like, you know, I know nothing. What have I been doing? You know, well, good, because that means that when the elevator's door open to your new level and you step out and you feel like I know nothing, I don't know how to move here, Good. You won't be swagging out in all of your arrogance, all right, at this new level. You will be humbling yourself before the Lord, leaning into Him in greater dependency and greater cooperation and abiding because that's when, whoo, that is when things are going to start happening, all right? So, number one, allow Holy Spirit to overthrow the old in you with your full cooperation. The next one, allow Holy Spirit to release the death side of the power of the cross towards your fear of man, fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, fear of criticism, fear of public failure, fear of people because you live people-pleasing, all of those things. So let him release the death side of the power of the cross and the life side of the power of the cross uh, in the resurrection so the real you can get up and live. Now, that's all based out of Romans 8, 13, and 14 in the Amplified Classic. The next one, allow Holy Spirit to lead and train you into warring intercession for your particular assignment, your family, ministry, work, finances, business, entrepreneurship, whatever it may be, all right, in this granular breakthrough that we're having. I got to go back to this word because I just love it. I love granular breakthrough. It is grain by grain of breakthrough, day by day. I love suddenlies where there's a big explosion and breakthrough, but the majority of us are living in granular breakthrough every day, step by step, moment by moment, because the only way you get to the, quote, big things is in the small um, places of obedience every single day. Live your life now. 
in dependence on him. And let's be those that come out of a herd mentality where you're trying to move with all your best friends. Okay, I know you can hear me. Where you're trying to move. Okay, just knock something over on my desk. Don't let it bother you. I didn't get mad. All right, I was reaching for my for my pencil because I got to make a note. I'm having a moment. All right. And so we want to be those that don't keep moving in a herd mentality within the church. It's like you're trying to be a clone of every other good friend that you have. And, and all your couple friends, y'all all move together and do everything together. Now, doing some things together is great, but you can never get on with your specific assignment if you keep trying to move in a herd mentality within your local church. You need to let God develop you, begin to follow your specific path, all right, specific development within you. Because everything isn't going to look the same. How about you read today? Let me throw this in as a little side salad for you. All right, here we go. Is read in the last chapter of the book of John when Peter and John are walking together with Jesus. And Peter starts to realize, though we all be apostles and we're all here for the same purpose and we're all getting ready to advance the kingdom, all of our lanes and our races are not going to look the same. And he and Jesus are having a boom, bam conversation that is so powerful. And he had to begin to realize sweet secret number six in following Jesus was that, yes, they were all deeply connected because of Jesus. He was their bond. But that did not mean that every one of their lanes were going to look the same. And it is a powerful thing to begin to embrace your specific uh, calling and your specific lane. Like today and tomorrow, I'm saying goodbye to a dear friend. You heard her last week, Tina, on, ta- on Tent Talk when we did our open table interview. And she's driving out. They're closing on her house today. And she's driving out to Florida tomorrow to go into her specific path with God. And though I am um, going to miss her terribly, I will be the loudest one cheering her on because we are all connected in Christ. Our relationship will be more strategic, I believe, in the future than it's ever been. But I cheer her on. Why? Because she must follow the specific path of God for her life. And I cannot encourage you enough to make certain that you are hearing God and letting Him begin to develop you inwardly for your granular breakthrough day in and day out and that you do not remain in a herd mentality and you begin to run your specific race bonded to your pastors in your local church but begin to do that begin to seek God out so that he can get you ready for your assignment oh yes thank you Jesus this is going to happen All right, so number four is cry out to Holy Spirit to be the guard and defender of your life. Walk in wisdom, my friends. Be wise warriors. Don't get all wired up and let out some warring charismatic cry without the holiness to back it up. Now, you are holy because you're in Christ and He's in you. But now the working out of that holiness of that true purity of life with him. You can't purify yourself in the sense that he's made you pure. You are holy because you share in the life of Christ himself. But I don't want any casualties or defeat in our ranks. I don't want you getting torn up because you just rushed off into war and started, you know, shouting at the enemy 
okay, and you did not have the wisdom and the purity to back that up. Give God time to get you ready for war, that you might be effective and sharp and go in and gather up the spoils of your children, gather up the spoils of victory of many lives, one for him. All right, this is going to be so key. So there you have it. All right, that's quite a bit. I hope that you'll listen to this, re-listen, think about it, meditate upon it, and begin to put one foot in front of the other. Because I believe this with all of my heart. All right, we're striding straight in to our breakthrough. We're striding in to triumph. We're on the verge, my friends. Now listen carefully, all right, because this will sober you up. We are on the verge of needing to take great responsibility for what we are about to win in war. Whatever we win and gather up those spoils, okay, it's not just for the moment and then we forget why did we win them, to mature them. Because anything God makes, He means to mature. If He birthed it, He means to build it. So we are those who must take responsibility for what we are about to win, We're going to raise people. We're going to disciple them. We're going to um, be those who have oversight over cities and regions and areas. All right. This isn't about your fame and fortune. This is about the kingdom of God. Truly, truly proceeding forward in the hearts and lives of people, their families, cities, regions where literally the atmospheric quality of life is getting ready to be cleansed from deep corruption. There is so much that I would love to be able to say, but this is why my heart is to work with pastors and fivefold ministry leaders to come alongside them. They have the vision. They already have from God what it is that they're to do. I simply want to be a part of helping to build people big within so that they'll be ready to move with God, move with leaders and become leaders that we want to see producers begin to get up and begin to produce, not just a few on the platform. We don't need any more you know, platform producers. We need the producers to be every person within the body of Christ, to their measure and to their maturity, simply living their lives out before the Lord. And I want to see that happen. And so I want to come alongside those visionaries and those builders and quietly begin to labor with them in that Because God is looking to prepare a people for himself in spirit. God is about to pitch the tent of his presence in ways that we have never seen before. And he's looking for geographical locations and pastors who have already given themselves to him in private. So that this can begin to break out from deep within. God is getting ready to do this. So I close out today with Revelation 1-5 out of the message. The God who was, the God who is, and the God who is about to arrive. Let's let him get us ready. This is what Tent Talk is about, my friends, in whatever form and fashion it comes, is that these are conversations that we're having because we are literally in movement and moments right now where God is getting us ready. So would you listen to this for yourself, meditate on it, think about it, 
take action upon it. Share it with your friends that will encourage them. And uh, I look forward to us being again together very soon. All right? This is Nancy McCready, producer of producers and redefining discipleship wherever God is opening up the door. I love you all. I can't wait for us to be together next time. Later on. Bye. If you'd like information on how to book Nancy McCready for an event or speaking engagement, visit nancymccready.com.